another time of Tuesday Morning Over Coffee with Gene and Kevin. I'm Gene. I'm Kevin. We're continuing our discussion regarding marriages and equipping one another. We're still focusing on equipping husbands. Uh, later on down the road in our discussions, we'll get to the wives, but I, I find this very important that we begin with the husbands. And we talked a little bit uh, in our last episode, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Right. Okay. So why is it important for today's marriages to reflect on God's created order in the garden for marriages? Well, when you go all the way back to creation uh, of people, you find uh, God's original plan for humanity, uh, for men, for women, uh, specifically for husbands and wives, uh, operating as mates. A lot of a lot of stuff uh, can be found there in Genesis that, that helps us figure out how we're supposed to be. So where have marriages kind of gotten off track from God's created order, especially husbands? Okay, uh, if you'll notice there in Genesis, uh, mankind is given a job. They're supposed to care for the garden. Okay. They had a purpose that they were both supposed, as man and wife, uh, woman and man, that they were working toward. And I, I don't know, I think a lot of marriages have no purpose. They, okay. they haven't grasped hold of God's purpose for them. And you, maybe you could even, and this may be reading too much into it, but when Eve was tempted by Satan, mm-hmm. maybe if they'd been about the work God had given them, she wouldn't have had time to, to listen to him. And if, if Adam had been about the work God had given him, he, they could have prevented that whole, the whole thing. So living with purpose, uh, specifically God's purpose, I think elevates marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, in my marriage, you know, Courtney, you know, she's really tempted to elevate me to, to sainthood. At least, you know, she just sees me as so perfect and flawless. Now, sometimes we can place our spouse above God. Okay. And it just never works that way. When we start living to please our wives or our husbands more than we're living to please God, we get that order mixed up and it causes issues. Uh, but when both both partners in a marriage, God ahead of everything, and both have that standard that they're living for and then his purpose in their lives that they're working toward man you can you can shed a bunch of garbage so husbands we have a responsibility to our wives okay because of the sin of eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil god gave a harsh reprimand to both the wife and the husband right and it's interesting that to the wife he says that your desire for him, but he shall rule over you. And that's interesting because oftentimes through growing years, we've often, especially me, thought of that as the sexual desire for your husband. But after further study, I begin to understand it's that desire to overrule the husband. And that's reflecting back at the time of eating the, the forbidden fruit. The husband was there, but he's going to have the final say. But we husbands take that a little too far, and we think, well, I'm the head of the house, and I make the rule. And and my wife, Debbie, I've always told her, I says, listen, I'm the head of the house. But she always has a good comeback. She goes, yeah, but I'm the neck, and I can turn it any way I want. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think think a major issue is control. Right. And this goes beyond husbands and wives. This just goes to people. If you want to frustrate yourself and frustrate somebody else, try to control them. Right. Spend all your energy trying to dictate where they go, what they do, what they say. Uh, If you notice Jesus' headship over the church and in Ephesians, that's what we're pointed toward. 
how Jesus feels about his church. He doesn't use his power to beat down or to oppress or dictate. He's, he's lifting up. He's not putting himself on top. He's putting himself on bottom to uplift. And that's the way it should be working in marriages. If husbands are more worried about controlling their wives rather than uplifting their wives, mm-hmm. they're missing the point. Right. And they're going to have a cheaper marriage. Their marriage will never be all that it could be. They're, they're missing out on the privilege of blessing. Let's, let's back up a little bit okay. on that story. As far as husband's responsibility, okay. specifically when the serpent appears and starts tempting Eve, and she looked at long for, took the fruit, and then it's, the Bible says she handed it to her husband, Adam, right. right there with her. Right. So it's not like he was off you know, doing something else and didn't see what was going on. It, it seems like he was right there witnessing everything. But what he didn't do, well, he had options. You know, the serpent shows up, starts tempting. He could have just grabbed Eve's hand and said, let's go, honey. Let's get away from here. You know? Right. He could have uh, picked up a stick and started whacking away at the, at the serpent. You know, he could have done anything. But what he did was nothing. Okay. And husbands, men, period, whether you're married or not, I think passivity is the most dangerous thing that we face as men. If you want your marriage to struggle and fail, be passive. If you want your kids to grow up not caring about God, be passive. Uh, If you want to have a frustrating and unfulfilled life, be passive. Men are at their best when they're active, when they're actively pursuing something, when they're actively pursuing God's purpose in their lives, pursuing the job or ministry that he's laid out uh, for them to grasp hold of. That's when we're at our best. Not when we're sitting back, not when we're away from or keeping ourselves away from the action. We're at our best when we're in the thick of things. And that's interesting because going back just prior to Adam and Eve being created, when God says, let's make man in our image, which means male and female, and then he tells them to subdue the earth. Right. Okay. And that's an interesting concept because we often associate that word in our English terms as in taking control over. But in, in Hebrew, that means to take a hold of, learn from, use to be a benefit and a blessing. And so marriages can be the same way if the husband will learn from the wife and use her abilities and the blessings that she brings into the relationship, that's, that then relationship will flourish Right. if we will get into the thick of things. Right. Instead of trying to control, instead of trying to domineer, but if we, like you said, if we will use those abilities that both bring into the relationship, right. what a blessing that would be. We're in a weird time as far as male and female relationships, don't you think? I do. And it's it's very damaging and there are there are movements on both sides to say we don't need women, we don't need men. Men, we don't need women. They're they're both sides are you can just get on YouTube and look some of those things up. And it's sick because the truth is we both need each other. We do. And we're better off with each other. And, I mean, that statement in Genesis, man, it's not as, it is not good for man to be alone. Truer words were never spoken. When, when, and I'll go specifically with men here. When men get isolated, when they get cut off, when they're, when they're set apart, bad things happen to them emotionally. Bad things happen to them mentally. If you look at people who, who you look at uh, mass shooters, those are people with healthy relationships for the most part, surrounded by a community of people who uplift them and look after them and care about them. 
they're loners. Mm -hmm. They're on the outside. They feel disconnected to the point where the death of other people is not only something that doesn't matter, but something that they would desire. Uh, So it's not good for us to be alone. Uh, Men, women, it's not good for us to be alone. Absolutely not. Uh, it's there's a blessing, and and a lot of times I feel like that God will bring people into our lives at the time we need them, not only because we need them, but also to teach us what we need to remove from our heart. Okay. Such as if someone is selfish, yeah, and they meet someone that's special, that woman can bring to light that selfishness. Yeah. And if he's truly desiring to be whole, he will remove that. But a lot of times we don't want to lose that selfishness, and that destroys the marriages. Right. And so God will always do things to reveal what's in our heart. Because a lot of times we won't see it, or we will blind ourselves to it. That's right. And and I think you've got to want to let go of that selfishness. You gotta want something more. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta want that relationship or want the the uh, well-being of the other person so much you're willing to sacrifice self for that. So, listeners, I hope this has been a benefit to you to to learn, especially you guys who are married and seeking something better. Because trying to do it from the world's perspective, all you're gonna do is just create headaches and heartaches. Right. So we're going to continue one more episode later on on finishing up on equipping husbands. And we're going to look at it from the father's perspective. So stay with us. We look forward to sharing with you again on Tuesday morning over coffee. I'm Gene. I'm Kevin. You all have a great and blessed week. 